Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Brace yourselves, winter is coming. What the writers of games, uh, Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off, plus free shipping if you use the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts, and even has a light to help with your close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trim. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The Performance Package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, their Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster, foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scented designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the shed travel bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTERED20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 211. I am your host, Blaine Pudbank. I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hey, Treg. Hey, Don. Oh, great weekend here. How about there? Uh, not bad. Got some uh, Christmas decorations going to go up this week, and that's about it. Yeah, we're uh, 
we're all running around like goofballs trying to get that done for sure. Went to a great lacrosse game Saturday night, so I can't complain. Yeah, I saw that uh, the Halifax Thunderbirds came back and won 12-11. Yeah, in overtime. Not a bad, not a bad starter. Um, so we got a lot to talk about in this episode. Uh, Matt, unfortunately, can't be with us. He is at work. So we'll just, uh, we'll get started and we'll begin with, uh, passing on our support to Halifax Hawks goaltender, 16 year old Mark Connors. For those who don't know, uh, Mark has been in the news because he played in a uh, tournament up in PEI and he was the target of just incessant racist remarks about his color, where he should play, where he shouldn't play. There were some horrible things said. And uh, now uh, Halifax is not sending teams to PEI until until that gets fixed. And that's a big blow to PEI. So... That was More mostly by the fans. Yeah, it was the fans that did that, so-called yeah. fans. And uh, we just want to pass on our support to Mark. Uh, I've I've had interactions with this young man. He's a great young man. He's uh, he's he's intelligent. He's bright. He's cheerful. Uh, he he does not deserve this kind of garbage to be sent his way. So uh, we support you, Mark. All right, now to the Canadians' news. There has been a lot of stuff going on the last week. Uh, we're going to start with injuries. So now there's a Baker's dozen. Anderson's been added. He's out two to four weeks with an upper body. I think it's a shoulder from taking that uh, that kind of sideways hit there into the backboards. Uh, Petrie stayed home from uh, the road trip to Nashville. And... The Canadians recalled and then sent back down uh, Schooneman and Dauphin for the trip to Nashville. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into the, the reason why they were sent back down right away, and that is the Canadians claimed Kyle, uh, Kale Clegg off waivers. So, Treg, what, what did you think? Uh, I thought uh, as soon as he went on waivers, there was lots of rumblings that they should pick him up. He's a good young uh, – he's only 23 – He's a good young defenseman who can move the puck. He can skate. Uh, I'm not sure how good he is in his own end. Uh, I don't watch a lot of Kings games, so I'm not really sure. Uh, I haven't, from what I saw from natural stat trick and all that stuff, just looking at the stats, he didn't seem too bad. Um, he had five points in the 13 games, I think he played with the Kings. Five and 11. Uh, yeah, and uh, four in the 13 games he played with the uh, the Ontario rain or whatever their, their farm team is now. Um, uh, I thought it was a good move. It shows that uh, Gorton is sticking to what he wants and that speed, youth speed and uh, puck skill. And uh, uh, from what I've read, he's kind of in the mold of Niku, but a little bit better defensively is what I, I've, I've read. Uh, like yeah. I say, I don't really watch King, a lot of Kings games. Um but I don't mind it. But uh, the question that bears to me is now we have Weidman, Niku, Clegg. Does Clegg fall in that Weidman, Niku spot? And I'm throwing this to you because you watch yeah. more Kings games than I do. Or does he fall into the, he's 23. He could be, you know, a three, four type defenseman that can uh, 
play 18 to 20 minutes. That that's what I don't, I don't know if he falls in the Weidman Niku slot, then really what was the point in, in picking him up? You could have just used Norlander. So, yeah. Yeah. So I watch quite a bit of LA games because, you know, I'm weird and I I enjoy watching Dowdy, but Dowdy has been out with an injury and uh, Clegg was used as his replacement on the power play. And he did very well uh, on the, uh, their power play was clicking along, doing just fine. He he's really, really effective at uh, quarterback in the power play. His shot, it could use a little bit of work. There's not a lot of velocity to it, but he does get it on net and create, it generates rebounds. He's not, uh, he's not Shea Weber whaling one timers into the back of the net. He's more, uh, uh, he can get a shot on net. It could go in. It might not, but it generates rebounds. And that's, that's his main focus really defensively. He is, he's okay. I mean, he's not going to go on a top pairing and look well, but if you keep him in a, a second, third pair, he'll, he'll do fine. Um, his real strength is the puck movement. That's his true strength. He's able to, when he gets the puck, he's able to get it up ice quickly and accurately. His first pass is tape to tape almost every time he can carry the puck. He's very good. Uh, he's got very good mobility. Um, where he fits in. Uh, I don't know if, if Gorton picked him up off waivers, I would assume that he sees him playing the 18 to 20 minute role. Uh, and to me, the kind of signals that either they're ready to move one of the defensemen to move out, uh, say Kulak or Sherratt in a trade, or they're getting ready to send Norlander back to Europe so he can play top pairing minutes in the SHL. Well, Norlander should have been sent back a week ago, whether they got Clegg or not. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we want to get into the charm now, but. No, uh, we're going to do that yeah. the next episode. The way I look at, uh, I mean, it was his first move as the de facto GM because that's what he is. I mean, everyone's going to say he's going to be the GM anyway, but there is no GM, so he is the acting GM right now. Um, I think uh, a lot of people are going on about uh, Sherratt and the minutes he's getting on the power play. I think they're showcasing Sherratt. I think... uh, um, yeah, I do. I agree. I don't understand why he's on the power, although he did score a power play goal. So I guess you can give that to him. Um, but I think they're trying to showcase him. They're trying to give him as much ice time as possible. So other teams can see him and see what they want. Um, I don't think Sherrod's been doing that bad in his new role, to be honest with you, as a sort of puck moving defenseman, <laughs> sort of, um, but I think they're showcasing him. Um, what they're doing with Norlander, I think, is just a waste of his time and his development. Um, yeah. I mean, Caulfield got more minutes. Uh, uh, well, anyway, that's the Desharm. We're going back into the Desharm thing. But yeah. uh, with the, with Clegg, I mean, another reason uh, uh, Day or Dauphin got sent down was because Huffman came back off his uh, injury, too. So gets getting back to why those two were called up and sent down pretty much in the same day. Um, that's the reason they picked up Clegg. Uh, and Hoffman came back. Uh, and just so people know, because I've seen this on Twitter, 
Clegg, once picked off waivers, is automatically on the roster, whether he's playing in the game or not. Therefore, they would have to make room for him to come on. That's why whether one of them, he was dressing or not, didn't matter. They had to remove someone off the roster to keep the 21 spots or whatever it is that they have on the roster. So. Yeah, and when uh, Clegg meets up with the team here, uh, probably going to have practice on Monday morning. He'll be He'll likely be on the ice and addressing the press that day. Um, my assumption will be that he's going to line up on a third pair. Romanov will probably move up with Savard on the second pair. Um, that's if Petrie is even back, but, uh, yeah. So I would expect if Petrie were back, that he'd be on a third pair, probably with Weidman and Romanov would move up. If, if Petrie's not there, then, uh, it's wide open. It could be anybody's guess who goes where. Uh, yeah, so, but essentially I see him playing, being, being a guy, they're going to play 18 to 20 minutes. I suspect Petrie not there. You see a Savard Romanoff top line, uh, or Sherratt Savard top pairing. I know, I know, uh, with the second pairing being Kulak and Romanov and then Weidman, Weidman or Niku and, uh, and, uh, Clegg. You remember when people were upset last season about Sherratt and Weber and how they thought it was just a horrible pairing? How many Sherratt of them? Savard? Yeah. How many of them would kill to have that pairing back right now? Although granted, <laughs> Savard's playing a lot better than what he was playing the first of the season. D- true, true. But mind you, look- he's getting second, third pairing minutes too, not top pairing minutes. So Le- yeah, let's let's be honest. He's not uh at three and a half, he's not expected to be a top pairing guy. Let's put it that no, way. No, but um, that's, see, that's the issue with Montreal going into this season. None of their defensemen with Weber out is really, except Petrie, is a top pairing guy. None of them. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Edmondson isn't. No. Sherratt isn't. Kulak isn't. Romanov isn't yet. Uh, although, yeah, he, although he's since, looking good. Although since he sat, he's probably been the best defenseman they've had. True. And tough as nails, too. The kid had a busted nose in the game against the Avalanche, comes back, plays the rest of the game with a cage on, and then the game against Nashville, back to the visor. Yeah, I like him. He even tried to do a scorpion kick when they were playing soccer down in Nashville before the warm-up of the game. Is it an an actual NHL game unless they have the, the, the video of the guys playing soccer before a game? I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I think it's it's mandatory. Um, what about um, what about the move? Like, do you think that this kind of fits in, and how does it fit in with uh, with your thought on Gordon's vision? Well, I we write for the hockey writers. I mentioned on our little Canadians page. I'm going to write a thing about how the look at the defense is probably going to change under Gordon than it was with. Uh, with a, a, Ber, a Bergevin. That's why I uh, ask. <laughs> and I believe this is him saying, I'm going to look more at the puck moving defenders and the offensive type defenders, as opposed to um, Bergevin who wanted, Bergevin almost wanted to make the defense set up like the way he played defense. It seemed to me, it's not that he didn't want puck moving defensemen. It was, he'd rather get the, I'm going to get the cheap puck mover, you know, the guy that I know can move the puck and 
play offense really well, but he's going to be a liability in our own zone. Like the Gustafsons, the Weidmans, the Nikus, the, you know, although I think Niku is a better defenseman than what he's getting credit for. But um, so I think the way uh, uh, Gordon's going to go is he's going to try to get these good two-way young two-way defenders who can skate and move the puck. Um, Clegg is a, is a, is a, is a move in that direction. Uh, like you said, he could be better defensively, uh, but he's not, he's not there to be a top pairing defenseman. He's not there to be uh, one through four. He's there to be a bottom pairing that can step up into that third, fourth role if need be. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see a complete overhaul of the Montreal defense um, going into the future. I mean, I see Kulak, Sherratt, Weidman, uh Niku. all those guys gone Niku I see yeah. them all gone by next year um, well, that's four NHL defensemen gone and then you have guys like Harris who are coming up that they're likely going to make a big push to sign Struble uh in the years have, coming uh, yeah Norlanders probably going to get into the into the uh, NHL next season yeah uh Clegg is there yeah. now Clegg's there now Gooley has a good chance of making the team next season um so in Fair brother. Yeah. Fair uh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Fair Brother, you got Struble, you got you, you have a lot of talent on defense coming because like when we say with well, a Bergevin drafted was he goes, Oh, we need defense. Here's the dartboard, let's throw all the darts we have and see what we can yeah. get. And, and that's that's how he drafted. Oh, we need centers. Blue, 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 blue. Well, all right, we're gonna draft 40 centers. Yeah. The shotgun and, method. And that that's how he did it. But I mean, he uh, hindsight it's kind of working because he, he had, we have with Gooley Harris and Struble, we have three fairly capable guy or uh, that are probably going to make the NHL. I'm even going to throw Logan Mayu's name in there because if they stick around with him and he turns out to be what his skill showed that he could be before everything happened, he could be a top four defenseman in the NHL. Well, we're going to see a lot of Mayu in the next little bit because his suspension is going to be up at the end of this month. Um, well, he can appeal to come back. At, yeah, and he January. will. And the, and he will. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, he's already been suspended for half a season. Um, if things have been pretty quiet, the OHL is probably going to be like, ah, sure, okay, because it's London. We'll let yeah. him play. And with most of the big uh, big name players already gone to the World Juniors, he's probably going to step right into a top pair role there and more than likely he's going to show well because he's been practicing with the team since day one, taking line rushes on the top pair. So, and they made trades to open up ice time for him for when his return happens. Um, My expectation is people are going to start to watch him play and then they're going to start saying, well, maybe we shouldn't renounce the pick after all. I don't think that's going to be an option anyway. I don't think they're even going to bother doing that. Well, it's an option, but I don't think they would. Yes, yes. What I mean by not an option, I don't think it's – they're looking at it as an option. I think the pick is made. We're going to move forward. Um, I mean, I'm going to get shit for this, but take away everything that happened, and it was a great pick. Yes. No, no. Talent-wise, great pick. But all the shit that did happen, had he not followed through with whatever the PR plan was – at least you know you can be as cynical as you want and say he's just doing it for the look at least he's doing it for the look yeah you know if that at at minimum uh he maybe he is actually honestly doing this and if he is 
great. If, if the victim comes out and says, you know what, I'm satisfied, then who are we to judge? But until then, uh, that's going to hang over his head. And, and you know what? It, Patrick Kane still has his thing hanging over his head. Patrick Roy. Cousin, Patrick Waugh, cousins, Martin Brodeur. Uh, they well, all Brodeur have... didn't hit anyone. He just slept with the uh, sister Oh, he hit something. He hit something. Brodeur? Yeah, his sister-in-law. <laughs> and hit it. His ex-wife is now a different, a different yeah. kind of hit. Anyway. Yeah. Well, he cheated on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I meant he hit as in, you know, they hit it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't a physical, physical. No, no, thing. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And according to Wa sympathizers, Wa never hit his wife. He just tore the door off the. Uh, sure. Nonetheless, it. it was a Whatever. show of force. And correct. It was an intimidation show of force yeah. that put a woman in a vulnerable position. So where do we draw the line? Where do, you know what I mean? Like we're getting into something a little bit political, but where do you draw the line? It's like, did Mayu's thing was his any worse than say Kane's thing or Matthew's thing? Like, where do you draw the line? You know what I mean? So let's just yeah. you're either umbrella everything together or you don't. Here's now, don't get me wrong. What he did was absolutely wrong. It was criminal. Um, and, and, you know, you, you don't you don't do that. You just don't. But it, at the same time, where do we say, you know, where's the second chance? Exactly. It, like I said before, if the victim of this crime, and it is a crime, if the victim says she is satisfied with what's been going on, then that should be the goal. We should be and, satisfying and the victim, not worrying about the rest. If you read the report from the Swedish police, he was cooperative through the entire thing. He showed remorse. He showed whatever. But then you got to think, was it She also said he, he wasn't. Uh, she he also wasn't, said at the time that he, he wasn't as forthcoming as she wanted. No. So. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Have so, them signed. They're not renouncing it. No. It's going to be playing for them in five years. <laughs> so that brings us back to the hockey side of it. And <laughs> he, my, my expectation, he's going to be playing, playing top minutes. People are going to be looking at that going, uh, yeah, big six foot four puck moving right-handed defenseman would look really good on on the right side of Gooley, who's six foot three and mean as a junkyard dog. Like people are calling him Weber Jr., just watching him play for the Edmonton Oil Kings now. Uh, and, you have, an actual, and, you have, and you have Alexander Romanov. Yeah, who's throwing like Emelin-style hits while still yeah. being mobile, which is amazing. Imagine uh, Emelin with mobility. Bam. I, you, <laughs> want, you know what? Alexander Romanov, P.K. Subban. Really? Subban threw big hits. Most of them hip, hip checks and slew foots, but he threw big hits. <laughs> Uh, the one on Marchand, the most famous one. The back uh, hit, yeah. The back hit. Um, and Emelin does this, or Emelin, Romanov does the same. The thing I like about Romanov is he doesn't take himself out of the play to throw the hit like Emelin did. Emelin and Commissaric were notorious for huge hits, but they make that huge hit, and then all of a sudden there's a three-on-one the other way. Then and both of them are laying on the ice. Correct. And Romanov doesn't really do that. He makes the hit when it's the right time to make the hit, and that's what I like about the young kid. Like, he knows... And he's the first guy on the ice, last guy off the ice. He's he's your he just wants to play and he wants and to play he's not just throwing hits and then hiding. If he if he's challenged to drop the gloves, he'll drop the gloves. He's yeah. fought before and he'll likely fight again because for some reason people fight after a clean body check. 
And he got big Brett Kulak to back him up, so he's all right. <laughs> yeah. Chuck and the Knuckles. Now, you know, uh, honestly, that part of it, I'm glad to see that the uh, the Canadians as a team are starting to kind of stand up for, each, up other. for each other. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched the Nashville game after afterwards, after I do the score and everything, so yeah. I buzzed through a lot. But uh, I, I thought they played a hell of a game. I thought it was a good game. I thought they – but then again, that's the way Montreal's been. Shitty game, good game. Shitty game, good game. Shitty game, good game. They just can't put a string of good games together. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to play – and you're you're in you stink. I mean, the Canadians have a ton of injuries. They're clearly they've got holes in you know holes in the lineup anyway. At least play an entertaining style. Yep. Yeah. You know, put, put that effort in. Yeah. But uh, that takes me to the last topic of this show: the jersey thrown on the ice. So what the fuck was the point of that? I, I think that's the dumbest thing you can do. Cause all you're saying is I spent my money. I gave you my money and I'm just going to give it back to you. I'm going to pay, yeah. you know, like I paid, I mean, apparently it was a replica Kostitsin Jersey or something. So, uh, uh, no, but I'm just saying you still paid money Yeah. to get tickets to go to the game. You probably bought beer and food at the game. Yeah. Uh, you have a jersey that you bought somewhere, whether it's a replica or whether you paid 80 bucks for it or 240 bucks for it. And then you're so mad at the team who was already playing shitty anyway that you threw the jersey on the ice. So basically what you did is said, hey, Molson, I'm going to throw all the money I have at you <laughs> and then get mad. And then what I bought from you, I'm just going to throw back at you. And the timing of the jersey throw too makes absolutely no bloody sense i mean he threw this during the uh the avalanche game which i understand uh they play like shit they they did not put in a good game so sure be pissed but if you're throwing a jersey that means you're basically quitting the team or you're disgusted and was that really the point to say i'm so disgusted and then what what do you expect to happen like this is stuff that you do when the team is spiraling out of control. But in this case, it was a week after the, the owner addressed the fans, <laughs> fired off the entire management team and brought in a new yeah. vice president with experience. I could see if it was two days before that. Yeah. Not because they, all oh, right, he's pissed off. He's disgusted. Wilson's like, damn, these guys are really mad. They're throwing jerseys. I don't think it wasn't throwing waffles. a jersey is a good thing, but if you're going to do that, at least at least at that time, it would have made sense. Yeah. At least it wasn't waffles. <laughs> yeah. You know you hit rock bottom when fans are throwing waffles on the ice. Like, how are you going to get the waffles in? Uh, where, somebody did it. Someone did it at the Toronto game. Yeah. Where were the waffles? <laughs> I don't want to know. How did they get them in? <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> You know that the ice cleaners are like, yeah, get the shovel for this one. <laughs> this is, I hope that's chocolate chips. <laughs> and they were, they were intact too. It's not like they were broken up. Why is there corn? <laughs> but no, the, the timing of throwing yeah. the Jersey made absolutely no sense to me. And yeah, I mean, the team, 
Yeah, they, they did all their firings. They did their hirings. Uh, was that before or after? Oh, it was before Gordon's... Uh, no, it was presser. after. It was after Gordon's presser. I mean, Gordon already said he's keeping the, the, the coach, and we'll discuss that in the next show. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I Someone just trying to make a pull. I don't know. Someone trying to get famous. And the funny thing about it is no one, know, no one even knows who threw the jerseys. No one cares. Uh, no, no, people know because he was oh, okay. all over the news in Quebec. Oh, all right, sure. His name is Alexandre Douchebag. I'm not going to say the last <laughs> name because screw him in his 15 minutes. But um, no, he was on 91.9 and he explained why he did it. He said it was because over the last 25 years, the team has never had a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And he says this five months after the team was in the Stanley Cup finals. And essentially, in my opinion, he did this solely to get his 15 minutes i i want to throw something i gotta i gotta ask not a jersey though no uh did you hear the guy who went nuts on the the french guy who went nuts on the radio program yes i did i listened to that thing i need you to tell me what was said there because i got the gist of it but my french is still kind of and he was screaming loud and fast and it was what do you think he said uh how pretty much the same reason why that guy threw his jersey on the uh and how he's disgusted with the mm. team he's had enough of the team uh yeah you know he's been a fan for 70 years uh, because they hired a an english uh uh vp and uh he felt that because uh, i got that part he they hired he was mad because i hired an american yeah. to to be the president of the greatest organization and 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 hockey earned hockey and the french symbol of uh the the quebec people and yada 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 that's basically it so he 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 railed on for about two minutes in literal tears yeah i I got that yeah i got that yeah about how they hired an american that they disrespect that molson has disrespected the the people of quebec the culture of quebec spit in the face of everyone who has supported this team because he doesn't respect that this is a cultural landmark for Quebecers. And it should be a position held by a Francophone. Look, the entire narrative for the last 30 years has been the GM and the coach have to speak French. Gorton is not the GM. And when he did his press conference, he actually started by addressing everyone in French, which I thought was a nice touch. I, you know what? I, I, I watched it again after I was at work. I was working, so I couldn't watch it at the time. But and when he did that, I was like, it wasn't great, but at least he put the effort in to uh, write something down, read it, and do his best to speak it in the language. And But you did notice there was a lot of questions from the French reporters about are you going to learn French? Are you yeah. going to get better at French? Uh, are you going to, you know, which I didn't think was fair. I, I did not think that was fair. Like Gordon's not there. Like he said, he's going to, his wife bought him a program so he can learn some French. She, uh, they're moving to Montreal. They're going to submerge themselves in the culture as much as they can. Uh, but I'm sorry, uh, vice president of hockey operations is going to be a little bit too busy for the next little while to uh, yeah. sit back and, what, what burns my ass is that they constantly harp on 
the captain of the team and the, the GM and the coach all have to speak French. And if they don't, it's the worst thing to have ever happened to the, to the entire province. It's, it's a smack in the face. And then, you know, if they give a few, they show that they put in an effort, which is good enough in some cases, like Saku Koivu, he doesn't speak French, but while he was a captain of the team for 10 years, it was the worst thing ever. Now, when he's mentioned, it's with reverence. He's beloved because it's no longer an issue. He's not addressing people daily. So what's, you know, like, what the hell? Weber never learned French. No. Gianta didn't know French. <laughs> Weber didn't speak in English either. <laughs> Mike Keane never knew French. No. Nope. So I don't. I, Chelios. Chelios, no. Uh, I don't care whether you speak French or not. Personally, I really don't care. I get the whole, I get the GM, I get the bilingualism for the GM and the coach. I get it. I understand. The French media and the French fans need to get their French sound bites in their own language. We do. They would like, we do. And, and I get that. I, and I'm, I'm not against that. I know there's a lot of people who I want the best guy available. Uh, I don't care what language he speaks. You obviously do care what language he speaks because you want the best. And then as soon as they do hire a French person, you're never going to see it as the best person available because you're only going to say they were he was only hired because he was French. Now, having said that, I think Molson did the best thing he could do to get the best person available while also getting someone who speaks French in a position that you want a French person in by hiring Gorton as vice president of hockey ops and getting a French or a bilingual. And I don't want to say French. I'm going to say bilingual because this person does not necessarily have to be from be Quebecois. He just needs to be bilingual. That's it. Now, Gorton oh. mentioned, yeah, there, there's something else there. Um, he, he actually, you know, you know what it was? Uh, Jack Han put something on Twitter and I thought it was very interesting. Now, Gorton had mentioned during that. his press conference that they are going to be looking at local talent. And Jack Han asked the question on Twitter, what do you consider local talent? And for me, that should be, in my opinion, as a Francophone, I got to put that out there because apparently that's a, that's an important piece. Anyone who has grown up in and around the Montreal area to me is a local. Barnard, okay. doesn't matter what the last name is. English. So say I'm Anglo. Yeah. And I was born in Montreal. Yeah. I don't speak French. Am yeah. I local? Yes. So could I be hired as the GM, even though I don't speak French? No, no but uh, he, I think he was, well, Jack, was mentioning players I, and I, so was Jeff. I get what you're saying, but what I'm yeah. saying is, all right, so say, so should, can I play on the Montreal Canadiens and the uh, revered uh, Quebecois, because I would be a Quebecois, because yep. I was born in Quebec, uh, Quebecois player, even though I don't speak French? You should be, because you're is a local it? Quebec product. Because he brings up the question that's saying, is this a language thing or is this a cultural thing? Or is this... <laughs> the local talent because Gorton mentioned it was important for him when he was with the Rangers to bring in people from New York and with Boston to bring in people from the Boston area. You know, a lot of teams want to have that hometown guy and it makes sense, but in Montreal it's, it's heightened. They really want those local guys, but is it local as in from around the Montreal area or even the province of Quebec, or is it something else? I personally think it's, language i think they want because well, it's here, clearly here's, language here's the way i look at it if i had the name 
Bordeaux yeah. or Potvin, say. Yeah. And I played for the Montreal Canadiens. No one's going to question where I'm from if I spoke French. I could be from Cape Breton. I could be from Shetakamp, Cape Breton, with a name like a coin, right? But I speak French. So, oh, he's, he's, we got a French, Xavier Ouellette. Xavier Ouellette's from France. But a lot of people classed him as, oh, well, we have six guys on the team that are, are French. Yeah, but you only have five that are Quebecois. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, is it, so what, what are you are trying you to get when you're looking for local players? In my opinion, a local product who grew up in who grew up idolizing the team, who knows what it means to play with that crest on their on their chest. Yeah. That's what you want. You want a, a couple of those guys, and whether they speak French, English, Swahili, Arabic, I don't care. You don't. But come our fun. Yes, but but what I'm saying is, you look at some of the media, yeah. you look at some of the the deep Quebecois. Mm. They're looking for Quebecois, and I don't think they care if it's from the Montreal area. Now that the Nordiques no. are gone, it's anywhere it's, in the it's, province. It's anywhere in the province. If the Nordiques were here, I would say yes. Local talent is in that southern Montreal area of Quebec, whereas Quebec's local talents northern. Right. Um, But I think they're just it. Jack Hand opened a Pandora's box. But it's a damn good question. And it's a great question. It's a perfect question. And I think when he says local Gordon, I think he means Quebec. I don't think he means just Montreal. I think he means Quebec. Because, I mean, I know that brings up the other thing about the agent there. uh, Kent Hughes. Kent Hughes. Who's, who uh, was born in Montreal? He does speak fluently, French, though. He's fluently, he fluently bilingual. bilingual, but he grew up English. Yes, but his mother's yeah. a francophone. He right. grew up in Montreal. He's a local product who speaks both languages fluently. Right. But his name is Hughes. Hughes. So why? Uh, you know, some people might find that unacceptable because it's Hughes and not Hugo. <laughs> Huey. <laughs> Exactly. Right. So, uh, well, they've you know politicized what? it. And, and while that, I think that's a lot on the media and the politicians. And then you have the, 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 yes. the, the people who follow that and especially the politicians like Legault and stuff like that, who's saying we need more. Now, when Legault did his whole thing about uh, uh, minor hockey, I didn't mind that at all. All he's trying to say is we're trying to make our minor hockey better so yeah. we can get more Quebecois players into the NHL. No, but what he he didn't say just into the NHL. He, no, said, he said to the, the Montreal, Montreal, Canadians. Montreal Canadians. But so I mean, every kid will dreams of playing for the Montreal. Majority of the kids dream of playing for the Montreal Canadians when they make the NHL. So, uh, and I know he wants. I mean, here's here's the next question. I mean, we're getting kind of long here. We're getting into this a bit deep. But do you want a full team? You want Montreal to be like it was when it first created and all francophone players, or do you want a winning team? exactly that that's what have, it boils down to you, you can't have both like if you're if you want that you're going to have to go to the nhl and say change the rules so that fra- only francophone montreal only frank francophone players can only play for montreal until they're full and then the rest can be dispersed throughout the league because that's the only way that will happen i think the, i think it's important never happened, so. i think it's important to actually have one or two mm-hmm 
good mm-hmm. local francophone players on the roster totally that agree. I can live with that. That seems like a good trade-off. I mean, you look, you got Duane. He's a good local francophone. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Depends on who you're looking Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause, and that's the thing the, the goal coach, the uh, goalposts keep moving. They don't just want a guy on the team. And, well, now, okay. Now he's on the team. Well, now he needs to be, you know, really good. Okay. He's really good. No, now he needs to be a superstar because it's never yeah. enough. So whenever that player reaches a certain point, it's never enough. And then, then they wonder why players crack under the pressure and want to leave or choose not to sign. Francophone players have op- have had opportunities to sign free agent deals with the Canadians and have turned it down because of that. Well, I mean, you can get all the best Francophone players on the Montreal Canadiens. And it's like Cavier, I think, was one of them who didn't want to go to Montreal. Did not want to go. Uh, and the reason being is the pressure. Yes. Uh, and just let them play hockey. I mean, it is not the 1980s. You know, it's not the 1980s anymore. It's not as easy to build a winning hockey team anymore. Uh, and when you do build a winning hockey team, you've got to be you got to be a terrible fucking team for a long time. Yes, a terrible now, team. And with the new draft rules, you're only going to get two number one draft picks at most in five years. In five years. Well, yeah. So the now it's even harder. To, yeah, and and. No guarantee there's a francophone in the top 10. And no guarantee you're getting the top pick if you're the shittiest team either. Exactly. You can get the third pick, but. With Gordon and his his mentioning of going for local players, what he could do is when he trades someone like Sherrod at the trade deadline, instead of taking a first round pick, he could ask for um, a more uh, developed francophone player that could fit in with that 19 to 23 year old core that he has. Yep. So, you know, you can name off a half dozen names, but he can maybe pick up one of those prospects and then let them grow with the team as opposed to getting a first round pick, which if even if he did that, he'd still get shit on. It's not going to matter which way it goes. Yeah. But I, I, on, I can this, see this that as Montreal. being a, that's an option. I think he gets the first pick. Uh, who knows? Maybe Sherrod can get first pick and maybe a B-level prospect. Who knows? Uh, Bidding wars happen. Um, but uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. However, Bergevon put the emphasis this year on French-speaking players, and none of them have worked out. Well, Perot, a little, to some degree. But uh, for the role he was brought in for, he's doing just fine. He's doing fine. Paquette's terrible. Savard is getting better, but he's like Alzner 2.0. Uh, it's just not working. Um, however, getting a prospect's different than getting a. Uh, I mean, we have Joseph, we have Joshua Waugh coming up through the system. We have uh, um, Mayu. What, Mayu, <laughs> who's not French at all. But it's, it's a, French a French name, name but he's not French. But yeah, so it's that's going to be. Did Bergeron know that when he drafted him? Did he know he wasn't French? Who knows? Who knows? Is that why he drafted him? Could be. It could be. He's like, but yeah, William Trudeau. You got Wall. You got Simino. They did draft 
Yeah, they went heavy on the queue this year. They went heavy on the queue, but I mean... To kind of prove a point, maybe? Well, you know how when they draft and they do the shotgun method, as we mentioned earlier, and they go for all centers and all defensemen, they're like, okay, we need some queue players. Bam! Yeah. Is Riley Kidney French? He's playing in the queue. Is he French? No, he's played... He's from East uh, East Hans. He doesn't speak. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, okay. I, I didn't think he did, but I was like, I, I should ask. You never know. No, but he he did learn a few extra French swear words this summer when he was blowing the doors off all of us in summer hockey. Jerk. Anyway, uh, on that note, I think we can end this show here. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening, and please remember. If you were talking about it, so are we. Habs Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event Seat Giant sells. Use the code UNFILTERED20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, Habs Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. 
legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.